Hello and welcome to the Horror House Podcast. I'm Dave. I am Chris. We're two dudes that like to talk about horror from movies to real life. This week, we're doing the movies again. And we're... Dave, it's a two-for-one tonight. You know this. Bonus, bonus, bonus. House. A tale of two houses. We're going to call this one. Great. We're doing all the house. Yes. Well, there is one from Not all. 2008 that we won't uh, probably ever watch, but it exists. But we're talking about House 1977 from Japan. Not to be highfalutin yes. or super cool or yep. anything, but that's what we uh, are. About a crotchety old doctor who has no what? Chris? Um, no. To do the wrong house. Wrong house. Am I going to get shot for going to the wrong house? Um, maybe by uh, Hugh Laurie fans, perhaps, but not not us, not us horror fans. We we got. Uh, there's no bigger Hugh Laurie fan than Hugh Laurie himself. So I. That checks. And we are also talking tonight about House 1985 with none other than the greatest American hero himself, George Went. George, a national treasure that George Went. Where's the rimshot effect? I need a rimshot? Nobody? Okay. Fuck. How's that? (laughs) I'll take it. But William Cat. Norm! I, I did shout when he first appeared on screen. So. I I fucking love it. I think I believe it's state law. You you, you have to, you have to. Um, but Mr. William Cat, this actually House eighty five has some a couple uh, couple faces to it, even though they were casting some uh, kind of TV actors. But we'll get into that uh, all that and more coming up. Um, anything else uh, you want to talk about before we? We get into the meat of this this steak made of houses. Uh, behind the scenes, we took a week off, so I am excited to be back. Uh, it's been wild at work, and so here we are, relaxing, having a drink, talking about scary movies, probably some dick jokes, and maybe off on a tangent or two. And you know what's kind of funny? Horror House podcast, right? I mean, that's what we are talking about. Horror movie uh, called House. Is this fate? Is this fate? Was it meant to be? Is is this our? Uh, he said the thing. They said the thing. Yeah. A <laughs> hundred and ten. Well, I don't know what episode we're on now, but it took that long. Five thousand, maybe. Maybe. So we are going to hit an ad. Come back, and we will be talking about everybody's favorite horror movie called House. One of them. Unless it's the 2008 one. We're not talking about that. We are back. It is time now to talk about some houses. Um, I guess first, it just kind of makes sense. Let's talk about this crazy, crazy movie, House 1977, from the, the great land of Japan. Um, director Obayashi uh, consulted. I, I guess that's probably the word. Consulted, uh, talked to his ten-year-old daughter, and got some of the ideas for some parts of this movie. Maybe the whole movie. I don't know. But uh, you you say this movie was written by a ten-year-old? That's hard to believe. Uh, there are some things that's that are just wild. That I you kind of just need to watch it for yourself to experience it. 
then listen to us talk about it. <laughs> Go watch it, come back, and we'll we'll all be on the level. But if you have not watched this, wow. I um Chris, I had some inkling that this existed, but I had not watched it. Not even a clip, not a picture. I just knew it existed. Uh, mainly through Twitter, a Twitter account I um that we are mutual follows, a uh, Miss Ama Leah, who is the designer for uh, Poltergeist and Paramore. So she does like um uh, edgy lingerie stuff. Okay. And um, it all has like a horror theme stuff. So it's, it's got like uh, uh, pajamas and panties with like skulls and ghosts and stuff like that. And right. my first introduction to the fact that this movie existed was a limited time print she did last year of a bathing suit that had the um, the box art of the big orange dog? Cat. It's it's uh Cat? what's it what's his name Blanche? <laughs> what? So I yeah, yeah. It, that's it's um I think I think that is my um like only inkling of of it. I actually went back and saw was just looking at some YouTube videos and stuff of it and come across Cinemassacre who you know the angry video game nerd who I'm a, a great fan of. Uh but he every mm-hmm. uh Halloween does a, uh, I forget what he even calls it, like a horror madness, monster madness kind of thing, where he goes over some of his favorite movies, horror movies and stuff, every year. It does, he does, it's really good, uh, really good stuff. But he did House one year, and I'm sure I watched it, and I just do not remember it. But there it was, and I'm like, I, I had to have known of this movie. But the only thing that rings a bell is that picture. Of the cat, the big red demon looking thing. And uh it's I mean what more do you need really? That's kinda uh, uh, it's this it this is such a it definitely is a unique movie, I feel like. Uh I'm not super yeah. into the Japanese horror, but I have watched several things this year. There's a big section on Shudder. HBO Max has a lot, so I imagine I will continue to watch. I've not seen anything that would make me not watch more older Japanese horror, because it's all got like this uniqueness to it for the horror realm, but at the same time, like when I'm watching these girls as they get to the house, if they had jumped into, you know, giant, uh, mechanized um uh, cats and started a disco fight with you know oversized aliens i, I would not have been shocked like yeah it has that feel to it um i mean there is um well going into it so toho studio was inspired I guess inspired is the right word by the success of Jaws, right? And wanted to mirror that for Japanese audiences. And Obayashi instead gave them this, which is not Japanese Jaws. It is so far away from Japanese Jaws that I don't know if he worked after this, but I can... you're gonna you're gonna need a, a bigger uh, 
haunted piano to eat your body parts. Uh, uh, yeah. Is bad. In, according to IMDb, he had a, a proposed a, fil- uh, a story for a 16th Godzilla film. Right after the creation of this, mm-hmm. did you read this in IMDb? I, I just read that part of the blurb and then uh, went on because I, I was like, "Oh, it didn't get made." I assumed it didn't get made. What what else was it? Uh, I did not believe it did, but I I wish it had. That would have been because the story would have told the story of a little girl who discovers the dead body of Godzilla. Which is then dissected, and they find out that Godzilla is revealed to be a pregnant female alien what? who died of diabetes. Are you? Are and you the making brain right of now? the dead alien instructs humans that she must return with her unborn son to the planet of Godzilla. So her body is converted into a spaceship, and the newborn child would be reunited with his, reunited with his father. What? And they would have fought a giant female monster that shot fire from her breasts. You just made all of that up. No. You just made every not, bit of that up. I, I've never been drunk enough to make all that up. <laughs> Holy shit. Wow. That would have been in... Uh, wow. Yeah. I, I hope he didn't get any of that story from his 10-year-old. Because if so... Somebody should have. Child Protective Services yeah, step in. I think. It is desperately needed. Um, so starting this movie out, not to go through scene by scene or anything, but one of the things that was interesting to me was the amount of background. I don't know if the technical term is Matt Pangs for what they were doing, but like there was a lot of background paintings to like make the scenery, whatever they wanted it to be, I guess. And I know mm-hmm. like at the train station, there was a huge one when they first get to, to auntie's kind of neck of the woods, there's a big, like you know, mountain range behind them and stuff that is just painted. And I'm like, was that needed? That seems weird, <laughs> but it fits in weirdly. It, it fits. It, it strangely fits in when they're on the balcony, when her dad first announces that he's yeah. getting married. I mean, I like, which I don't recall that even went anywhere after she went to live with her aunt. It, it, I, yeah, her uh, new stepmom to be came uh, to her at the end, which I swear is almost a uh, almost a comical scene. Her showing up, I wish I wish I was Japanese to confirm that that was supposed to be funny because it, it, it fucking was pretty funny to me that you know after all this craziness that's been going on and all her friends are dead, like here's here's the stepmom and she's like slow motion and her fucking scarf is blowing in the wind and it's got like the soft like fringy kind of beautiful Japanese music playing and it's like look how beautiful she's like a she's like a commercial actress look at her as she comes into the scene and it's I'm like this has to be this has to be a joke because it's too funny to not be and the the over the top like message of the movie is that really a message of the movie is like uh oh yeah the, the if if you're loved you're never really gone. I, so I is that the ghosts are loved so they never go away so they stay and keep eating young people. I guess. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, uh, yeah, I, I, 
when it gets it's, to the story it's... of this, I'm a little bit just like left in the woods. Like it took me a certain degree and then I like fell off of the the hayride and had to fend for myself and I'm still I'm still out there. I'm still out there trying to figure out how to get home. <laughs> I, I made Jackie guess. Uh, I said, Jackie, there's a girl there's one of the teenage girls is supposed to be like the the beautiful one. Guess what her name? Gorge. Then one of the girls is supposed to be like the sweet, innocent one. Guess what her name? Sweet. And then one of them daydreams all day. What's her name? Fantasy. And one of them knows Kung Fu. What's her name? Kung Fu. And one of them eats a lot. What's her name? Mac. Like, and, and one of them's really smart. What's her name? Professor. Is, that, is this a real naming convention? Uh, Did they, were they trying to be cheeky? I guess. Uh, I mean, what other movie has done that, well? I mean, to that degree, anyway. That's it's uh, uh, uh behind the scenes sneak peek here. Um I talked to Chris uh before we started about a script idea I had. And I rejected some of my own ideas because I was like, <laughs> oh, they're a little too ham fisted. But clearly Obayashi would not have thought. Yeah. He would be like, Can you make that more blunt? Get more to the point. The, this I mean, commentary. And I mean, listen, if I was him. Uh, like two are are wrong for me uh first off mac is not fat in any era of existence <clears throat> is that girl fat and maybe it's just because i mean japanese people even now i don't think are known for being very robust ro- rotund um but i would assume probably even more so in the 70s and before so maybe they just couldn't get somebody that was fat <laughs> but i would have maybe rewrote the script a little bit because they're like oh you are so gross and fat wow good lord be rounder be rounder mac jeez i know aren't these supposed to be her friends too yeah. like uh I, I thought sisters stood up for each other and then they're Come on sis they're at Girl her power. they're at her aunt's and i like the maid or somebody at her aunt's is, is also like, oh my god, you're so round. You're so cute because you're so fat or something. And it's like, wow, goddamn. Art. Yeah. I don't think the ghost got Mac. I think she killed herself. <laughs> I mean, they, they bullied her into Yeah. God. Uh, but, oh. but, and then uh, we get into the crate. Oh, before I forget, no, it's not just Mac. Gorgeous is an asshole. Uh, because first off, she's she's pissy and and kind of a bitch about her dad's new wife. Which the way he revealed it, you know, he's also a bitch and an asshole himself. But she writes her aunt, she, who she's only visited once, and in, sort of invites herself. She's like, "Can I come visit? Also, can I bring my six friends?" <laughs> who does that? That seems normal. Like. To your aunt's house, you barely know. Yeah. Can I bring just all seven of us to your house? Wouldn't that be great? (laughs) I don't think so. God, no. Gorgeous is an asshole, and I'm stand by that that's what her name should have been. Or bitch. Maybe just Uh, get to the bitch. That would have been a different movie because (laughs) they would have taken that very literally. Yes. Would have been the. Yes. the brown-eyed girl, um, if you know what I mean. 
<laughs> um, but going back to Mac there, uh, so she's the first one to, to, to bite it, but what a great decapitated head for 1977. Are you kidding me? Yeah. I, I really like most of the visuals. Yeah. I mean, it, it's, it was really uniquely shot, but everything worked so good. It was really cool. I thought it was really cool. Yeah. I, the, a lot of, um, like, I don't know if that green screen is the right word. I, I mean, who, I don't know what, what you call this. You, go listen to the movie makers podcast for that. Um, but like just a lot of it, I, I think innovative stuff, uh, that I don't think we were doing here in the, in the United States for, for a lot of stuff, mainstream stuff, but here they are. In well, I mean, Star Wars Japan. was 1977 and they yeah. really revolutionized how, how, how these things work. So, but they, I mean, Obayashi was killing it with whoever he brought on for all this stuff. They, I mean, it's weird, but it, it fits what this movie is and it looks good. It looks mm-hmm. good. Um, even, I mean, there are some, I'm not like, there's this, this kind of scene where the ants like doing her like witchy stuff, like with the fish and being on the rafters and the skeleton dancing and stuff. Um, that some of that was clearly in front of like a green screen. And you know, for a long time, you'd see a movie and somebody would be in front of a green screen. You're like, that's too obvious. That's too obvious. And it looks like shit. I mean, it's obvious in this. But it don't look that bad, which is it's just impressive. It's surprisingly impressive. It, yeah, I thought it was beautiful. I love the low fineness, but I don't. I don't know that it was low fi for nineteen seventy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When like the piano is is eating melody and the the skeletons are just jamming in the background. I mean, I yeah. I, I loved it. It was, it was, and great. then her parts are coming yeah. out of the piano. I thought it was fantastic. <laughs> um, Kung Fu. I, I, every time she has something to do in this movie, it's, it's something. It's something. It's, it's Kung Fu movie ish. Yeah. Everything is so quick and so high energy and, I, I I love it. the logs. Uh, it's like right after the bath scene, or right during the bath scene, I guess. Like the logs start flying at her, and she's like flipping and doing all this shit, and then lands, and she's like, "Huh, must be an illusion." <laughs> I'm like, "Okay, okay, wow." Um, but this is—I mean, anything you want else you want to say on this before we uh, venture forth? Ten years, nearly. If you haven't seen this, um, and I, I guess we should have called spoiler alert, but I, if you haven't seen this, I, um, if if you want something different, this yeah. is worth your while. I mean, I'm, it's not scary. Um, in '77, I, I don't, I don't know. I I was three years old. Maybe it was scary in '77. <laughs> I, I kind of don't think it would have been scary for American audiences in '77. I, I have a hard time thinking it would have been any less trippy in 77. 
I wonder uh, if Sam Raimi saw this back in the day. Because I feel like uh, there's some Raiminess uh, influence. That, or, like, uh, not influence, but, like, what do you... Um, that's uh, something that may have influenced him, yeah. Yes, yeah, and it's... I'm curious. Uh, if anybody knows, let us know, because I, I, I certainly... Uh, Sam, Ted, if you're listening, you know, let us, let us know. Uh, I, uh, Ted blocked me on most of social media because I was stalking. Um, oh. So he says, Coming back, Ted. Coming back. Ted! <laughs> I want to have your baby. <laughs> um, so next up, uh, let's get straight into it. I Believe it or not, let's- we're walking on air with a house 1985 or 86. Depends where you come from. I never thought it could be me. Um, directed by Steve Miner, who is dead to me, but because um, he did uh, the Day of the Dead remake, where I think I think his was the one where Bub was the vegetarian. I think that's the one he did, and he's a, he's a dumbass. He's a fucking dumbass, and so is the guy that wrote it. I don't know who wrote it. He doesn't matter either. Um, but anyway. <laughs> I came across that. I was like, what else has Steve Miner done? Oh, Friday the 13th, two and three. Two is maybe my favorite Friday movie. Um, Day of the Dead, 2008 or whatever it was. I'm like, no, please tell me yeah. no. Well, yep. Yeah. Unfortunately. So but he also did like Warlock and like Placid. He's got and... some cred, but then he just wipes it all away. <laughs> In uh, the blink you know, of an if, eye. if, yeah, if that didn't wipe it away, then H2O, you know. Uh, but back in 1985, we got Richard Mall Or Mull? I don't know the, actually the correct pronunciation, but uh, Night Court himself. George Wint and William Catt. Probably some of these other people we're big on TV. Alan Autry was chipped, right? I don't. Uh... He, he was one of the cops in this, but oh, was he? He was the cop. He was he was chipped. See, I mean, I read so. somewhere that they to save money, rather than get movie people, they went for more TV actors, which I mean makes sense um, when you see who who they are. Um, I love William Cat. I love George Wint. I love Cheers. Um, <laughs> well, that, so how can you not like House Two, the second story, when you have Cliff in that one? You got Norm in this um, one. Clearly, the events of these movies drove them to alcoholism. Good, good point. Good point. Uh, let's talk about the sequels real quick, just to get them out of the way. Um. Two, I've seen two a couple times. I don't remember a whole lot about it. I know William Cat's not in it, which is a mistake. No, um, no always, always. But he's. I like two though. I do like two. I kind of like it better than one. Really? Because it, it, yeah, it plays more into that like. Yeah, yeah. The... Every door can lead you somewhere else thing, and this is a, a conjunction of uh, multiverses, and it can drive somebody to. Madness. Uh, now, um, House Three 
I don't know if I have actually seen House 3. Um, that's the one, I believe it has Lance Henriksen in it. It does. Um, I couldn't tell you a fucking thing about this movie. I don't know that I've ever seen it. I have seen four. But three is not in my memory. Have you seen three? Uh, I, I do not believe so. Uh, let, me, let me do some IMB. Now, four um, was a direct-to-video, and they did bring William Cat back, only to kill him off immediately. (laughs) And the movie is, I think, mostly about his daughter, who, I guess, inherits the house or something. Um, I've I've seen that as a kid a few times, and that's all you need to really know. But House 3 is on Tubi, so we, I may have to check that out one day. Yeah. yeah. But, Can't yeah. Complain. Can't complain about that. Uh, but, yeah, it's had it's, had its run of sequels. Um, but let's, I guess let's get into, into this. What do you, what do you think? What do you think of this? Like, what, what, how do you, how you feel about the American house? Uh, my first thought watching it for the podcast was um, the, the, the Vietnam War stuff felt shoehorned in. Like, I mean, it was a big plot point, but it was like, is that where they had to go? I mean, I, yeah, I know it is integral to the plot. I, I do realize that it just, I feel like it could have been. Better. I, that's kind of my feeling for the whole movie is it could have been better. <laughs> uh, because, well, I mean, uh, go, ahead, go ahead. It just, I mean, the Vietnam stuff, right? Like you get the flashbacks and it looks so clean and shot so nicely. Like it does, it feels fake. And could that be explained that because it's all flashback? So, you know, your memory. Is you got that nostalgia, and in this case, it's a horror nostalgia. It's memories he doesn't necessarily want. I mean, if but, they um, if they had leaned into more like absurdities with him, uh, maybe they could maybe it could have got there. But the way it is, I don't. I mean, William's a little bit of an asshole, yeah. or uh, I'm sorry, Roger is a little bit of an asshole. Yeah. Um, he's. I missed out on something in the eighties because, um, you know, he's, I, 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 I can't really judge. Like, is he a handsome guy? Apparently he must've been I'm, considered a handsome guy at that point. I mean, I'm not saying he's, you know, not a handsome guy, but his girlfriend has, his wife or whatever. She's a, she's a knockout. She's a significant upgrade over him. Yeah, um, and he's he's being an asshole too. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, pl- I mean, his ash his ass holishness. I mean, works in certain regards for it. Like I, they're trying to tell this PTSD story, mm-hmm. and 
I, the idea of it, I like a lot. Like it's this author who's written these kind of like horror novels and people are huge fans and they're like, what are you writing next? And he's like, well, I'm writing my accounts on my experience in the Vietnam war. And they're like, Oh, cool. I guess. He was going to sacrifice Harold to the beast in the closet. <laughs> Another, uh, we'll get to the comedy. Cause God damn, that may be my favorite. One of my favorite parts of the movie. Um, but I, I mean, you know, he lost his kid, which I, I don't know. That uh, okay. is, is he's, almost an afterthought. It feels like to me for most he's of the supposed movie. to be sympathetic at that point, but also you weren't paying very close attention to your kid either. I forget. I mean, so yeah, um, yeah. So I, you know, I don't, I don't. Okay, but also you lost your kid, but you weren't very. Um. And we've talked about this uh, just a couple episodes ago on our Evil Dead uh, episode, where in a t- in a, in Italy, I got to write it. <laughs> I'm losing my words. In Italy, goddamn, they had a thing. Used to, I don't think it's so much a thing anymore. Where they would just be like, "Okay, we're going to make a sequel to Dawn of the Dead." And here's Zombie. We're going to make sequels to Evil Dead, which they called La Casa. Um, but somehow House got roped into that, so House or one of the some of the sequels are kind of a part of the Evil Dead franchise, at least <laughs> in that regard in Italy. Okay. Um, so I mean, like House could maybe be considered like Evil Dead Three or Evil Dead Four or something, something fucking weird. It's it's strange shit. Um, but there are certain things in this movie that almost feel. Uh, kind of Evil Dead to me. Like some of the, some well, of the I mean, monsters, uh, kind of kind of approached uh, Deadite territory. Yeah. Big Big Ben could have been a Deadite. Mm-hmm. So I, I give that. What to, brings up an interesting point? What do you think of the creature effects? I mean, we we have the positive that you know this is before the age of uh, CG, so we, right. it's all practical effects, and we beg. Every week, like more practical effects, give us more practical effects. So here right. we go, a whole movie practical effects. Chris, uh, what do you think of the practical effects? Hit or miss, hit and miss. Um, I think part of it is just how it's shot, and the lighting is so bright that everything kind of has a fakeness to it. Yeah, I mean, I said that about the Vietnam thing, but even the creatures. A lot of the creatures could have looked cool if it wasn't under such a fucking blazing hot, like studio lights everywhere on them. Um, Big Ben. Also, you can see the mouth underneath uh, here and there, which I kind of grates on me when I, when stuff like that happens, I'm like, you didn't see that. Come on. Um, But it's cool that it's all practical. I just, I think the, they could have shot it better. And maybe they weren't listening to their makeup guy who, I mean, you, Horror fans know, like, uh, any good director will refer to their to their special effects people for how to shoot certain things, and maybe that just was not the case for this. I don't know. What? what how do you feel? I, I thought they were good. I I agree that when you something is so front center and so brightly lit, every flaw becomes obvious. Yeah. 
But um, there were some other stuff like the um, one is not like ghost. It's it's the uh, real estate agent that shoots the harpoon at him. I mean that I was terrified at that point. <laughs> um, the the floating axe and and stuff from the garage. Right. It, it's a little cheesy, but I kind of I kind of think it works. Mm-hmm. Um, I saw, and the, um, when he smashes out the bathroom mirror and it's the darkness and he goes through there. Right. I I thought that was pretty cool. I thought that was a pretty neat, um, effect and and, a neat thing. And maybe because it was darker and it, um, added like a mystery. Where was he going to end up? What was he going to find? You know, what's, what's back here? So. He comes out on the other side of a John Carpenter movie. Prince of Darkness, reverence, high five. Nice. Um, yeah, but uh, I, I, some of it, some of it was good. Some of it, I think, could have been good if it was just maybe shot different. Um, but the the floating, the floating stuff from the garage when it's used to slice up the, the female deadite, whatever you want to <laughs> call her. Uh, who it looked cool, but could have looked cooler. I feel like uh, she was super slimy, but still, when those things cut her up, and then he's like on the floor after he's like opened the door, in his Vietnam like jump get up, <laughs> and he's like, "Yes, yeah." I'm like, "This is fucking fantastic." <laughs> well, I mean, you know, so they cut up the beast, but why did they just give up at that point? Because did they ever come back after that? I don't I believe don't they did. I think they did. It's like, oh, we killed the wrong guy. Let's just give up now. Yeah. We're going to quit floating. His, his reaction was great. It was almost anime. He's like, yeah! Um, what about, uh, did they get you like a bitch when he shot the monster and then it was his wife? Did they get you? Like, oh, man, he, he fucked up. He shot his wife. They tricked him into his wife. Uh, maybe when I... F- first watched it but i mean mean, clearly not like the 20th time you watched it you're not still falling yeah i I don't know i can't i can't remember if it if i felt got or not um but i mean how many times would you say you've seen this at this point because i've seen it a lot (laughs) i've seen it a lot i've god i i hate to guess i mean not it's not i've not seen it anytime recently I mean, like I, this is the first time I've seen it. I've I watched it twice in the last, uh, from our last episode till now. I've watched it twice, and um, and one other time I kind of started it, drifted off immediately. I this used to be I'd one say of a my... good ten years before that though. Oh, really? Yeah. I'm, I may I may actually be kind of kind of in that same ballpark. I used to rent this a lot, and I think a big reason why I did rent it was the poster, the cover art to this is fantastic. The mm-hmm. hand with the ringing the doorbell. Iconic. Yep. Not talked about uh, a movie cover in a minute, but this is, this is one of my favorites. And um, what do you th- give any credence to the idea that uh, as Roger jumped from like world to world and through these doors and fight these creatures. That heroism 
is what compelled the aliens to give him the suit. Maybe? Are you saying this is a prequel to The Greatest American Hero? I'm saying this is a prequel not only to Cheers, but to The Greatest American Hero. You may be right. What year did The Greatest American Hero come out? I have to find out now. 81. Uh, 81. 81. So, I mean, this came, Greatest American Hero came out first, you know, chronologically, but yeah, yeah. didactically, story-wise, it does not have to. You know, he, uh, he's been through this trauma. He's got his son back. Uh, he's so filled with joy at that that he turns uh, to the bottle to deal with uh, the guilt of, uh, you know, what happened first movie. But he is still sought out by, uh, changes his name, becomes a, a high school teacher. I mean, and he's shit on by the high school. You know, he just takes it at that point until he gets uh, that suit that the aliens bring him in. I'm on board. Then that gives him the courage to come back later uh, only to be killed right away and his daughter take like in the saga. So. Uh, and to end the saga. Um, so the writer for this was Fred Decker or Deeker. I'm not, I don't know the pronunciation, but uh, wrote a little movie called The Monster Squad, which I'm surprised we've maybe not right. done. Um, no, I, but I think I'd be down. That, that's, that's great. And I mean, he had a good little run there in the in the kind of the eighties to nineties, and then unfortunately, wrote a little screenplay called RoboCop Three, and then did not work for ten years, <laughs> at least as a writer. Uh, and I laugh completely on purpose and completely offensively because wow. But uh, you know, but then then he did a couple of episodes of Star Trek Enterprise Edge. The Predator looked like he was getting in, and he may not work for another thing. <laughs> I was going to ask so. about The Predator, because I've still not seen that. But I know you have some thoughts on The Predator. Um, but it's by the same guy, um, which is shocking. Which I, I did not realize that. Um, it's... Some of these reboots are are fairly bad, but they're really good with the nostalgia aspect. Mm-hmm. So, and I thought the print, I really thought the printer fell into that. Like, um, uh, you know, some of the one-liners are brought back. He's one, you're one ugly motherfucker. And is, um, that, is that kind of all it was trying to rest on was the nostalgia of a little, little bit of that. Yeah. There's one point where they're like, uh, get to the choppers, but instead of a hella chopper, helicopter chopper, they're talking about motorcycle choppers, oh. but it's the same line. Get to the choppers. And so there's, you know, there's some twists on it that I, I think really turned a lot of people off. I, I liked it. Um, plus it's got Jake Boos, um, Busey and Keegan Michael K. He and, um, my ex-girlfriend. Uh, I'm oh. okay to say that now. It's my ex-girlfriend. We don't have to talk, I have we don't left. Have, we don't have to talk about it. I have broke up with Olivia Munn. I dumped her for the AT&T girl. So. I, 
I'm very sorry, Olivia. But then it's also got lines like, <laughs> "My son, your son is autistic. That's the next step in human evolution." And you know, as, wow. so it's got things like that. Whew. Yeah. Well, speaking of great lines, uh, before we finish with House eighty five, got to talk about the great George Wentz, who the, one of the best scenes, one of my favorite uh, scenes in the movie is when he meets Roger Cobb. He's like, oh, you bought this old house? Uh, the lady who lived here was a bitch. She was just rotten, and I'm surprised somebody just didn't get fed up and fucking kill her. He's like, she was my aunt. He's like, oh, heart of gold, that one. Loved her. Looked great for her age. <laughs> and uh, Such a nosy fucking neighbor. Yeah. Coming over all the time. Won't shut up. Called the police. Uh, yeah, Fuck. terrible, terrible. I he just has pages of a book in his pocket, ready to go. Who does that? It's just a wadded up paperback book that has no uh, structural or integrity. I'm too drunk to say that word. And you know, that was the weird part for me. I'd been like, no, we're we're done here. After that, like, I'll sign your book, but now that you're handing me wads of paper, get away from me, weirdo. But still, George Wendt, love him. <laughs> oh, yeah. And, I mean, clearly, he's traumatized by the events of this, moves to the, uh, another town, changes his name to Norm. Yeah. Becomes, uh, you know, uh, alcoholic. This is the little bar named Cheers. I really... Where he meets someone else who goes through the house yeah. saga. And he meets uh, the brother of future serial killer yes um, so. the host um i almost wish that they had just done away with the ptsd kind of side story of this and went more of a thing where roger and harold are just kind of like next door neighbor buddies trying to fight the ghosts in roger's house because the whole thing uh when they're in the room with the closet and Harold is like, I'll never let you go. And then immediately let's go. <laughs> if if it, the whole it, movie that, had it, been that, I would have fucking 10 out of 10 this without question. Like greatest American hero, William Cat, cheers as George went in a buddy horror movie, almost an Abbott and Costello. They could have been like yeah, that. Yeah, oh my God. Been great. Uh, uh, Steve Miner. Why didn't you ask two-year-old me to help you with the script? <laughs> I'd have done it. I didn't know what either of those things were then, but I'd have... Anyway. Uh, so I've read, I swear I've read somewhere. I can't find it, but I, I want to say that I think they wanted Big Ben to be a reoccurring thing. And that obviously went nowhere. Well, I mean, he they kind of used very similar makeup for the prospector in two. Yeah, yeah. Who was um, um Gomez. Gomez Adams, right? Um I yeah, I think so. Am I I may be mistaken. Well let me let me let me let me uh, let me I, we, have uh, to, we have to get down to the to the nitty gritty. No it was it was not Royal Dano. 
there we go. Oh, oh. Okay. Because my IMDb is dumb. <laughs> it doesn't know. There we go. There we go. Okay, I'm in. I'm in. I'm in. We had to John John uh, John Austin, who is who I was thinking of, or Aston. I've always called him Austin, but I think I may have been wrong this whole time. As who I was thinking it was, but I clearly clearly was wrong. Royal Dano. Kane Hodder makes an appearance. Yeah, uh, I saw some uh, information that's been wrong saying that he played the part of like grossed out Big Ben, which is not true. It was a different. Uh, it was a different person that did that. It was not. It was not Richard Mall playing uh, dead Big Ben. It was somebody else. Um, he's in the credits somewhere if you want to find him, but. I, I'm like, wow, they couldn't just get Richard Mall to do that. <laughs> right. Like he was in he's such too, on demand. So he's like, no, nah, I won't do that. Yeah. He's like, I got, I got some night court. I'm filming at that time. I can't, I can't yeah. do it. Bill Maher also makes uh, his day, his appearances in house. Too. So, oh, really? Okay. He's in um, a lot of really like low budget, Horror, horror comedy adjacent. I used to think that in Nightmare 3, that was Bill Maher. But I don't know if his age would have lined up properly for that. But the guy uh, that was Nancy's kind of love interest in Dream Warriors, I thought was Bill Maher for so long <laughs> as a kid. Oh my God. Uh, no, it ain't. But uh, anyway, we've gotten so sidetracked, but we're still doing great on time. So I'm not even worried about it. Uh, any <laughs> any final thoughts for House eighty five before we get to our overalls and get down to it, writing these um, bad boys? Uh, no, like I said, it's been it's been ten years. Uh, I I still say nostalgia is a hell of a drug. So oh, let's get into our wrap up. Uh, let's look at the tail of the tape. Who which? Which is the better house to go to? Uh, 1977 or 1986? Or 85, depending on like, your source. All right, we're back. Uh, time to uh, talk about these movies and look at the tail of the tape. Who is the big winner? Which is the better house? Uh, house 1977, uh, Obayashi. Straight from Japan or 1986? Steve Miner. Fred Milner. Steve Milner. Steve Miner. Miner. Uh, Steve, Steve Miner. Miner. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, so when it gets down to the overalls, uh, God. So I'm not going to rate either one of these high because I don't, I mean, neither one is really going to break that list for me, you know, of like, it's none of these are getting eights in my book. Mm -hmm. uh, they're going to be rated very similar for me, but I'll start with the loser for me first. Okay. Um, which is, and this is, this is just our opinions. Yeah. If you feel differently, uh, you know what to do. Go to the socials and let us know. But it's not a bit, it's not a bad loss. 
It was, it was, you know, they went, the, they went the, all the rounds. They went the distance, but house 85, 86. Uh, I'm giving a six out of 10. Okay. Uh, which ain't bad. That ain't bad. No. Um, but like I said, in the, during the episode, like there's just so many things like it's shot too, like apparently too brightly, it's too clean of a movie and it's kind of all over the place. And as far as the goofiness and the, there are serious aspects, but those don't make sense to me with the like fun loving stuff that is mixed in. Like they needed to, I feel like they should have picked one direction and went harder that way than they did. Um, but there is stuff that I love about this movie and it is usually the, uh, George went stuff. <laughs> also, William Cat. I fucking love William Cat. Every day. There, there's a, there is a relaxed stoner vibe quality to anything that I, I, I think. Yeah, I, I mean, there is love out there for it for both these. But uh, so for seventy-seven, I'm going to give it a six point five out of ten. What okay. well, just okay. inching inching up a little bit, so it weirdly is going to be my winner of the two um but not by much and I like the story we've talked about the story i don't fully understand a lot of it <laughs> if i did maybe it would be higher or lower i don't know but like there's some weird shit going on but i feel like there was more care and effort put into how it looked which i have to appreciate there is some shots in this there's like kind of stop motion stuff that we didn't even talk about really uh fucking sideburns going down the stairs spinning around getting hit by a car <laughs> what does that have to do with fucking anything but there it is um i appreciate they could do it so they did it yeah i appreciate the weird randomness of <laughs> this and uh yeah and one of them definitely so I put my ratings down before you gave Chris. So I, I have my rating. Okay. Um, I also gave one of these 6.5. Really? Yeah. Uh, one of them. One of them was a 6.5. Um, it's hard to direct compare these, really. Because aside from the name, they don't have much in common. Right, the stories right. are different. They premise is different. The style is so much different. And that style difference is really why I have to give the 6.5 to 1977. Okay. It's it's a it's a unique style. And like I said, I'm just really starting my journey uh which now that's another uh, clip in my douchebag card when you talk <laughs> like that. When you say, "Oh, it's a journey of discovery," then they punch your douchebag card. You get ten punches. Uh, you move up a level yeah, as a, a, a douchebaggery. Douche. Yeah. Um, so, but I, I'll 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 accept it at this point. My um, <laughs> my journey of discovery of Japanese old Japanese horror is just beginning. Same. Um, same. So I did. 
purchase and watch. I believe I mentioned it on the show. If not, I mentioned it behind the scenes. The Legend of the Seven Golden Vampires. Yes. Which is Kung Fu meets Dracula. Watched it the other day again. It there is it's fantastic. It's the kind of movie I would love to watch on a big screen, drunk at the bar, surrounded by friends and strangers who are also drunk at the bar. Because I watched it, and Jackie and Stella were there where I watched the first 10 minutes, and I narrated it as I watched it. <laughs> and that was my second watch. And I was like, this movie is great. And they both were like, I don't know if the movie's great, but your commentary is pretty good. Um, but House 77 also has that kind of feel. It's a totally different style, but it has that feel of just, this is so wild and unique. I, it, what is the opposite of predictable? I mean, uh, unpredictable, but doesn't seem to do it justice. Yeah. Like, I kind of really felt like, uh, you know, from scene to scene, within a scene, maybe there's some predictability, like, okay, the melody's playing the piano, I know it's going to eat her. Um, she's at the well, you know, and then, you know, something's going to happen. Um, the mattress that, that attacked, and then, you know, stripped her of her clothes before it ate her, I don't, I don't know. So, so many weird things that were unpredictable. So once you got into a scene, you could see, like, okay, bad things are happening. The mirror, the makeup, you know. Um, but between scenes, you didn't know where this movie was going next. Yeah, You didn't know what the effect was going to be because there was so much variety in effect. They were done so well, so passionately. So 6.5 is actually, Chris... My winner, 1977, 6.5, 86. Wow. is the hell of a drug. And so <laughs> I tried to guess what my rating was going to be before I watched it. And like I said, it's probably been 10 years before I watched it. Uh-huh. Um, and I thought I would be in like the seven, seven and a half range. That's exactly what I guessed for both of them. And I, I wasn't. I wasn't. Wow. It did not hold up for me and yeah. maybe it's like mood or I don't know it mid 80s even action movies struggled to really show like how a soldier would hold a rifle and shoot a rifle but even from the effects I you're talking 80 86 85 yeah but uh, um, with all the other stuff that was happening at that time, effects wise, the thing was me. 1982. Yeah, much much better. Day of the, the Blob is 88. Yeah, Day of the Dead 85, great. Fly 86, great. Yeah, Aliens 79, a phenomenal. American Werewolf in London 81. That transformation scene is still holds up. Howling 81. You know, Aliens. 1986 is one of my favorite action movies of all time. Right. And, and the effects were so much better. Fright Night 85, Terminator 84. There's no excuse for the 
effects to be as poor as they are, yeah, and as as sparse as they are. That's the other. That's maybe my biggest complaint about the effects is there's not enough of it. It doesn't. The story doesn't move. It bogs down in so many places. I want more of the, you know, odd couple comedy with with Norm. I want more of the action in Vietnam. I want more of the effects of the monsters. I want more of everything. So this movie is about 28% of of everything that I need. What's the rating? What's the rating? 5.5. We were we're right there in a range though. I mean, Mm -hmm. but I absolutely agree. Like, um, but we mentioned, we mentioned all these other movies that had such fantastic effects for that same time period. And I think it does come down to, I I'm, I mean, the buck's got to stop somewhere. It's got to be Steve minor. And I think maybe he didn't take into account what, maybe the effects guy wasn't trying to, you know, pushes like, maybe we should shoot it this way. Maybe it's too bright in here. Uh, but all the other movies had like Rick Baker, Tom Savini, right? Like you've got these guys that would tell the director, like, this is how this works. Maybe sh- try to shoot around that. <laughs> and I don't think that that was a thing with this. And I think that hurts it a lot. Um, but cause yeah, I mean, yeah, I'd... Barney Berman was the makeup guy on this and you look at his credits. I mean, it's not, I mean, obviously he's not Savini, but he's got some fucking credits. Um, so I just, listen, I love Friday the 13th part two a lot. Um, Steve Miner, we're going to have a discussion. You and me. One day. <laughs> no, we're not. Um, yeah. Who who did the effects for uh, No. Uh, Bar- Barney Berman, it said. Is he known for anything else? I was not aware of the name, but I mean, he's done a lot of, he's been on, he's worked on effects a lot of movies. A lot of movies. Still is, uh, I believe. So, I think it uh, comes down to, I mean, maybe he's not that type of effects guy to be like, maybe maybe it's too bright in here. <laughs> not vocal enough. I mean, at makeup department, um, he has a ton of credits to his name. Yeah. Um, I don't Studio know. 666, uh, fairly recently. But I mean... The SpongeBob movie, Sponge on the Run. A lot of credits uh, still working. Um, yeah. So I don't, I don't know what the story is. Maybe there's, uh, maybe he has some insight. If you know uh, some info on this, Dave, where can they let us know some of these, some of these things? Maybe we don't know. Yeah, uh, you can fill us in, give us your opinion, or if you're Bernie Berman. Hit us up. We'll be happy show. to bring you on the show and tell us what's the deal. Maybe, maybe you were vocal, and maybe like, um, 
You want a um, wrestling match with Steve Miner? Yeah, maybe Steve Miner like held your cat at gunpoint and said, "No, we're going with the effects I want." Yeah, I want twenty eight percent of the what you're capable of, and no more and no less. But if <laughs> if you can hit us up on the Twitters at Sweetness One or at Whorehouse Two, Sweetness has six E's and Whorehouse Two because there are two of us. The number two. You can email us horrorhousepodcasts at gmail.com or go to the Horrorhouse page on Facebook. Um, I assume you can still leave us a voicemail on anchor.fm forward slash horrorhouse, and we will be happy to play your voice on the air. Yeah, things are changing with Anchor Barney and Spotify owning Anchor, and things are. We'll see what we'll see how things shake out because uh, leave the messages soon if you can because we don't know if you'll still be able to. <laughs> I don't know. Um, but what you can do and what we implore you to do is if you're listening on Spotify, hit that follow button. We are trying to get to 100 followers on Spotify. Uh, it's a modest goal. Modest. Modest. We're modest guys, but also wherever you listen, if it's not Spotify, Hit the follow button there too. Hit the like button, uh, and sh- hit that share button. Maybe most importantly, and let everybody know that you like these two crazy guys talking about horror movies. Where else are you gonna go to hear two guys having some sips on some adult beverages talk about a Japanese movie from 1977 and a campy American movie from ten years later? Uh, maybe that maybe maybe other people have also done this. I don't know, but. Uh, not on April 20th, not on 420, 2023. How did we never mention that? Oh, because that's not when this will come out. Shit. <laughs> this won't come out then. But if, in a way, if you're listening to this in the future and you're enjoying a 420, in a way, you're time traveling back to 420. That's, that's true. Um, that's, Believe uh, it or not, I'm walking on air. If you want, I never a, thought I could be so free. If you want to throw back real quick, if you want to throw back Horror House episode, go uh, listen to some of our UFO episodes. Um, there is a little uh, callback to Greatest American Hero on one of them. I forget which one it is, so you'll have to listen to all of our past UFO episodes uh, to find it. And but it was one of my shining. Shining moments, and uh, it was great. It was great. I can I can attest. <laughs> Until then, uh, I think we are out for this week. We will meet you all back here, same cemetery, different grave, next week. Nailed it. Nailed it, Christopher. Do our best. We're out. Later. <laughs> <laughs>